Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXB and today is the 8th of December 2022. And look guys, December is definitely not having the best start so far as Bitcoin is concerned and the general cryptocurrency is concerned. The biggest shocking news is about another massive giant, that is Grayscale Investments. And looks like they are heading towards a collapse as well. Grayscale Investment is a massive giant and they do own quite a lot of Bitcoin. Now them having a Black Swan event will be having devastating impact not just on Bitcoin but on other cryptocurrencies as well. So we'll very briefly talk about that in today's episode. And in today's episode, we're also going to be talking about CBDCs. Now look guys, this entire week I've been talking about central bank digital currencies. And after the second half of 2023, I very strongly feel that central bank digital currencies will be the talk not just in the fintech world but also in the cryptocurrency sector as well. Now in today's episode, we are going to be talking about the Central Bank of Spain and they are planning to launch a wholesale central bank digital currency. Now look guys, if you want to find out the different types of central bank digital currencies, I do have a podcast called the Central Bank Digital Currencies, so check it out. So essentially there is retail CBDC, wholesale CBDCs and multiple CBDCs. If you got time, check this out because I do plan to release at least 8 episodes dedicated only to CBDCs. Now in today's episode, we have two news connected to Metaverse as well. And the first news is about Decentraland and they have a competition. So listen, if you have an ugly sweater, you definitely need to take part in the Decentraland competition. And the second one is to do with the sandbox and this is to do with golf. So in today's episode, I'll very briefly explain that. Now regarding UAE, I have two news as well. And the first news is more of like an announcement and this is by Zypher. And they have announced the launch of blockchain research and consulting. But to be completely honest, when I read through the advertisement, they're not giving more information about Cypher. Rather, they're giving more information about blockchain technology, what it impacts on, quite a lot more. Unfortunately, I wish I could have got more information about Cypher. That would have made a relevant news. The second news that I'm going to be discussing is the difference between blockchain versus current existing systems. Now look guys, there's a lot of hype surrounding around blockchain, but to be honest, there are only very limited use cases so far as Bitcoin and open blockchain is concerned. So I'm going to be making a quick comparison between blockchain and current existing systems and I'm going to be sharing my opinions on the pros and cons between blockchain and current existing systems. So let's kick start today's episode. So welcome everyone, it's Atim Bjorn Dubai and you're listening to Krypton Coffee at 8 where we cover top news and information pertaining to Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And of the series of episodes in the Crypto and Coffee at 8 Works, we usually cover some top news and information pertaining to the browser of cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news, occasionally short and sweet news as well, news that has an impact in the cryptocurrency world. The other two news and information is related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse and this is followed by Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions from the cryptocurrency world. And tomorrow, that is Friday, we do have an episode called Metaverse Everything where we solely focus on Metaverse, so please check out those episodes as well. And the format for Metaverse Everything is completely different and I tend to publish a daily and weekly report via my LinkedIn, so please follow me on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn profile is in the show notes below. But before we kick start today's episode, I have an important message, so check this out. Firstly guys, Startup OI is global one tech platform for tech. It offers global high paying tech jobs with flexibility in working time and location, global free tech events and tech networks to connect 
with global like-minded engineers, a brilliant platform to listen to the tech experts in Metaverse and to grab their insights. Now listen, all you have to do is download the app Startup OI. If you're using an Android version, go to Google Store and App Store for iOS devices. Alternatively, you can also click on the show notes below to download Startup OI. Next, guys, listen, if you're into fitness, if you're into adventure, if you want to do something well but still want to keep your health in check, there is a new podcast in town, a podcast focusing on obstacle course race in the Middle East. The podcast is called Rise in the Obstacle Course Race. And Rise in the Obstacle Course Race podcast is a peer-to-peer community-driven podcast where they talk all about obstacle course race in the Middle East, from Sandstorm to Spartan Race, from Tough Mudder to Desert Warrior Challenge, and also the Government Gov Games, and quite a lot more. The podcast has interviews with athletes locally and internationally, to get insights scoop on how athletes prepare for obstacle course race. In the podcast, they also talk about interesting stories on why they are motivated to do obstacle course race. And that's not all. They also plan to release seven NFTs. And these NFTs are no ordinary. These NFTs will represent every emirate in the UAE. And listen guys, these NFTs are going to be absolutely massive. So do one thing. Go to Spotify. Go to iTunes. Go to any leading podcasting platform and search for Rise in the Obstacle Course Race podcast. And finally guys, not your keys, not your crypto. If you have dabbled with cryptocurrencies and now are seriously getting to protect your cryptocurrencies, there is no better way to protect it by using a hardware wallet. And this is where Ledger Wallet kicks in. And Ledger Wallets are hardware cryptocurrency wallets made by Ledger, a company headquartered in Paris, France. And Ledger's hardware wallets are multi-currency wallets that are used to store private keys for cryptocurrencies offline. And Ledger offers two hardware wallets, the Ledger Nano and Ledger Nano X wallets. They are world-class experts with extensive crypto security backgrounds. They continuously look for vulnerabilities in Ledger products in a constant effort to improve the level of security. Now, in today's world, securing these digital assets is a critical challenge. And this is where Ledger kicks in. So click the link below to buy your hardware wallet and support this podcast. It is a brilliant way to support this podcast. So what are you waiting for? The link is in the show notes below. Now since you've taken care of that, now let's look at the global cryptocurrency market. As of today, 8th of December, the global crypto market is at $845.92 billion. Since the last 24 hours, it has marginally gone down by 0.42%. Now look at this guys, the total crypto market volume over the last 24 hours is down to 31.96 billion dollars this is absolutely ridiculous in 2020 and 2021 on an average day the total crypto market volume used to be somewhere between 100 to 130 billion dollars today it's down to 31.96 billion dollars i'm just trying to think if this could just might be the lowest volume in the last 24 hours now since the last 24 hours it is down by 19.83 percent the volume of DeFi is also down to $2.04 billion and the total value locked is $44.42 billion and MakerDAO, which is often considered as the Boomer DAO protocol, accounts for a majority of the chunk with 14.07% and as of today, $6.25 billion has been locked in MakerDAO protocol. Now DeFi accounts for 6.40% of the total crypto market volume. Now let's quickly look at the top 5 DeFi protocols. MakerDAO is at number 1. Lido, $6.04 billion has been locked in its protocol. Aave with $3.76 billion. 
Core Finance at $3.66 billion and Uniswap at $3.49 billion. Now, two weeks ago, guys, we did talk about some drama between Aave and Core Finance, but looks like things seem to have settled down. And if you follow them on Twitter, they did mention that tomorrow, that is 9th of December, they might be having few airdrops. So check their Twitter profile because if you're one of the lucky ones, you might be having some airdrop. And this is particularly for Aave holders and also for non-Aave holders as well. So make sure you're following Aave protocol via Twitter. Now let's look at the volume of stable coins. It is once again ridiculously down to $29.98 billion. And out of this $29.98 billion, Tether USDT accounts for $22.58 billion. USDC's volume has ridiculously gone down to $1.87 billion. And Binance USD is at $5.03 billion. Now despite the volume of stable coins being at $29.98 billion, it still accounts for 93 0.81% of the total crypto market volume. These numbers are definitely not ideal. And guys, I've been saying this for the entire 2022, that because the volumes are so low, central banks all over the world will take this as an opportunity to go ahead and advertise and promote central bank digital currencies. And this week, guys, just this particular week, I have three news to do with central bank digital currencies. And one thing which I did mention at the start of the podcast today, that after 2023, I'm very much sure you're going to be seeing quite a lot of news on central bank digital currencies. And I wouldn't be surprised that there will be loads of events, particularly in Dubai and UAE, discussing and talking about central bank digital currencies. Before we talk about grayscale news, let's discuss the market share between Bitcoin and Ethereum. Bitcoin's market share is $325 billion and Ethereum's market share is at $152 billion. The 24-hour trading volume is not looking good either. Bitcoin's 24-hour trading volume is $17.2 billion and Ethereum's 24-hour trading volume is $4.9 billion. The dominance of Bitcoin has marginally gone up and it is currently at 38.40% and Ethereum's dominance is 18.12%. Now let's quickly look at the market cap of privacy coins. Monero is at $2.66 billion, but the biggest change since the last 24 hours is Zcash and it is almost on the verge of touching the $700 million mark and as of now it is $699 million. Decred is at $300 million, Mask Network is at $240 million and Harmony is at $184 million. Now let's look at the king of all kings, that is Bitcoin. The price of Bitcoin is $16,000. $913. Since the last 24 hours, it is up by 0.44%. Since the last 7 days, it is down by 0.68%. Now look guys, I'm hoping that Grayscale does not go belly up because if it does, it is going to have a devastating impact, particularly on the price of Bitcoin because Grayscale Trust, they do own quite a lot of Bitcoin. I wouldn't be surprised if Grayscale is among the top 3 entities in the world that has the most number of Bitcoin. So we'll go ahead and try to explore what is going on in Grayscale. Ethereum is currently at $1,249. Since the last 24 hours, it is up by 1.23%. Since the last 7 days, it is down by 1.69%. Binance Coin is currently at $286. And since the last 24 hours, it is up by 1.04%. And since the last 7 days, it is down by 1.68%. The big news guys that I'd like to discuss is about Grayscale investment. And could it be possible 
that they might be growing belly up. Now, just to give you a very brief overview of what Grayscale is, they essentially have a trust and it is a financial vehicle that lets investors gain exposure to Bitcoin without needing to buy and hold the asset physically. But Grayscale, they actually do own quite a lot of Bitcoin. Now, because of the FTX drama, unfortunately, they were not willing to show the public address where the Bitcoin is held. And this is an absolutely big no. And that's one of the reasons why people are doubting Grayscale Investments. Now, Grayscale Investments backing is custodied by crypto exchange Coinbase. So ideally, we should be in a position to validate and check if Grayscale does actually hold this Bitcoin. It's pretty much simple. And that's the whole use case of using Bitcoin. And historically, cars, GBTC has traded at a lofty premium, but things have changed in February ever since the collapse of Terra Luna and because of FTX exchange as well. And last year, and the trust shares have gradually declined with a 40% discount since last month. And looks like things are getting bad to worse for Grayscale Investments. Now, an analytical firm called CoinGlass did actually show that earlier today, GBTC shares hit a record low of minus 47.2% against Bitcoin versus USD. So go through CoinGlass or follow me on LinkedIn. You will find the official link. And Cointelegraph has also provided a brilliant explanation that states that as bad times for Grayscale Bitcoin Trust or GBTCs get even worse, this week it is discounted and it is approaching 50%. This is absolutely terrible. And apart from this, a major setback for Grayscale is a hedge fund firm called Fortree Capital. And Decrypt posted an article yesterday that Fortree Capital is suing Grayscale over the latest Bitcoin Trust product, which is trading at a 43% discount as of Tuesday. Now, this is because there's potential mismanagement and conflict of interest. And Fortree is alleging that this is partly the result of Grayscale's issuing an immense number between 2018 and 2021 without providing investors means of exiting the positions aside from selling shares to other investors. Now look guys, I really am hoping that something terrible does not seem to happen with Grayscale Investment. Listen guys, go through my podcast going back to October or November of 2021. I did talk about Grayscale Investments. Now personally, I'm not a fan of Grayscale Investments because, because what they're trying to do is they are catering to institutional investors and in the bargain, they are making money, the institutional investors are making money and it is making it difficult for average citizens such as you and me to go out and buy Bitcoin. Now because the prices of Bitcoin have gone up, the rich are getting richer and that is not the use case of Bitcoin. So let's try to see how this drama of Grayscale tends to evolve. Now if you go to Grayscale investment websites, they do have quite a lot of other trusts as well. They have also heavily invested in Cardano, in EOS, in quite a lot of other protocols. They also had quite a lot of DeFi related protocols as well. So if Grayscale does go belly up, it will be an absolutely devastating impact, particularly for Bitcoin. And I do believe they have, if not one of the most number of Bitcoins hold under the assets. Could it be possible that Coinbase on behalf of customers do happen to show how many Bitcoins that Grayscale have? I really don't understand why Grayscale is not showing the public address. This is a big red flag. But let's see how this thing turns out to be. Now guys, let's talk about some central bank digital currency news. And this is to do with the Bank of Spain. So Banco de España 
said that it intends to launch an experiential program and it plans to begin testing on wholesale CBDCs. So essentially, you have retail CBDCs, which are catered to average individuals such as you and me for regular purchases, but looks like they're focusing on wholesale CBDCs. And in doing so, they are seeking collaboration proposals from local finance and technological institutions. Now look, as if you're a fintech startup and if you're trying to build something which is connected to fintech, maybe you can try to build something with the Bank of Spain. And they do have an application process that closes on the 31st of Jan 2023. But they are focusing on three main areas. The number one being the CBDC protocol, that is the wholesale CBDCs, is focusing on a program that seeks to simulate the movement of funds. They want to also focus on experimenting with the liquidation of financial assets. And finally, the third and the most important one, they are focusing to analyze the benefits and drawbacks of introducing a wholesale CBDC to its current process and infrastructure. So if you're a startup, not necessarily working in the cryptocurrency space, maybe even in the fintech space, Bank of Spain is the best place to pitch your particular product. And look guys, I do have an episode called a Central Bank Digital Currency. Maybe it's worthwhile listening to that because when you talk about CBDCs, one area which I do think CBDC has benefit over cryptocurrency is customer service. So let's say you might be in a position to offer customer service for the Bank of Spain and that might be a very niche idea. Now let's talk about two news regarding Metaverse and Decentland. They have a competition called as Ugly Sweater. And as the holiday spirit starts, Decentland is hosting an Ugly Sweater competition and the contest will run till December 19th when the top 10 winners will get announced. If you do want to submit the form, the form is via Google and you can find the form via my LinkedIn profile. So essentially, contestants can contest and create an ugly holiday sweater and publish it on the official Decentraland marketplace. Now, could it be possible that someone buys that NFT for a couple of hundred and thousands of dollars? Definitely possible. So go to Decentraland marketplace and also go to my LinkedIn profile where you can go ahead and publish your ugly, ugly sweater. The next news is about the sandbox and this has to do with golf. And Sandbox has announced a collaboration with Altava Group to feature a series of golf theme experience in Altava Clubhouse. Altava, I believe, is a Korean company and the Korean Web3 luxury fashion is on Sandbox. So maybe you may try to win something via them as well. So looks like Metaverse is definitely picking up some momentum while the global cryptocurrency market is in an absolute turmoil right now. And regarding both of this news on Decentland and Sandbox, what I'll try to do is I'll go in-depth and I'll try to cover it in tomorrow's episode that is Metaverse Everything. Now guys, let's look at the news regarding UAE and the first news is about Zypher. They have announced the launch of blockchain research and consulting. Now let me try to give some information about Zypher. The website is Zypher.ai. So it is spelled as X for X-Ray, Y for Yellow, P for Peter, H for Harry, E for Elephant, R for Roger.ai. Now based on the website, it says that they are focusing on blockchain, Metaverse, artificial intelligence and digital assets and they integrate alliances, partnership and leaders from every aspect of the blockchain ecosystem, bringing the right combination of capabilities to your unique infrastructure, challenges and strategic vision. If you go to the website, they do have a really polished website and the core areas that they focus on is strategy assessment, solution design, build and implementation and ecosystem management. Now look guys, if you're looking for consultation, most likely they might be an ideal place to go and they are located in Dubai Internet City 
and Zypher Consultants provide a comprehensive range of consulting services to enterprise clients, corporate and SMEs and they also provide system integration and implementation solutions, provide the resources and knowledge base and experience required to create an effective long-term IT strategy for your business. If you go to the website, they have mentioned the leadership team and all of them seem to be having a good profile but I'm probably not sure if they do have any experience so far as blockchain technology is concerned and they might be specialists so far as digital industry is concerned so it's going to be really interesting to see if they do actually have some information in the cryptocurrency and blockchain space now if you go to the website they do have the FAQ sections so go through it and you might find loads of information and what I did notice on the website is they have tried to go ahead and explain what is blockchain, how does blockchain work, but it is at a very basic level. Now, if you're looking for consultation work, ideally, you'd be looking at a chief technology officer who goes ahead and explores and dissects the white paper and quite a lot more. If you go to the section where it says DeFi looks like, they've just taken the information and put it on there, but most likely they might be having some more technical details. So what I'd really recommend you to do is if you were to contact them, probably try to get a better understanding of what they are doing and then maybe go in for a consultation. So essentially, Zypher is a startup that focuses on blockchain technologies, distributed network, metaverse, business analytics, web 3.0, industry 4.0, encryption and information security. And Zypher's tech advisors and professionals strive to build a technologically advanced blockchain for business by underpinning the enterprise-grade solutions via expert professional services and product. Now, what they claim is that they are experts to provide and integrate international tech alliances, and this attracts leaders from every aspect of blockchain ecosystem, contributing to a balanced combination of capabilities towards a unique infrastructure, challenges, and strategic vision. And the CEO, that is Asad Haq, has said, we believe that over the next five years, the adoption of blockchain will be instrumental for organizations in identifying and exploiting the unique value propositions and selling products. And the combination of these technologies can offer organizations certainty of data, the ability to share that information, knowing it has retained its integrity and to make real-time decisions based on that data using predictive capabilities. And they will be addressing the biggest challenges in implementing blockchain metaverse and also Web 3.0 technologies that is scalability security and privacy and look guys they have not taken into consideration the blockchain trilemma problem that is decentralization or distributed how i like to call it so when you're trying to look for services make sure you try to go through the linkedin profile check if they have any experience in the blockchain and in the cryptocurrency world now keeping that thing in mind i would like to switch to the second news for today wherein i wanted to explore wherein i wanted to share the differentiation between blockchain and current existing systems. Now look guys, this is so basic and so critical to understand. Particularly when you talk about Bitcoin and open blockchain, let's compare it with current existing systems or even permission blockchain. Now there is nothing called as permission blockchain. The other word for permission blockchain or centralized blockchain is a software or even an Excel spreadsheet. So let's quickly compare six areas. The key differentiation between Bitcoin and open blockchain versus current existing systems or permission blockchain or software. The first one is open source. Now when you talk about open blockchain, the source codes needs to be completely open. So far as current existing systems or permission blockchain is concerned, 
the source code is not open, often it is protected as well. The second one is permissionless. When you talk about Bitcoin and open blockchain, you do not require any permission from absolutely anyone. In case of counter-existing systems, let's say like banking or permission blockchain or centralized protocols, permission is required and that's where things like KYC kicks in. The third and the most important thing is censorship resistant. Now look guys, when you talk about Bitcoin and open blockchain, transactions cannot be censored and this is one area which Ethereum is currently struggling right now and I'll probably discuss about that in next week's episode because right now Ethereum is getting a lot of the transactions OFAC compliant and this is a massive no for the existence of Ethereum. Now going back to Bitcoin and open blockchain, your transactions absolutely cannot be censored but so far as current existing systems are concerned, your transactions will be censored because you have sanctions in place, you also have FATF, OFAC, anti-money laundering and quite a lot more. The fourth one is borderless. When you talk about open blockchain, your transactions are borderless. As a matter of fact, you've also done transactions in space. But when you talk about current existing systems or permission blockchain or even central bank digital currencies, they are often restricted and most often restricted to a specific areas and you need to follow regional laws as well. The fifth one is neutral, which just means the value of using open blockchain should be the same all across the world. In case of current existing systems, the value is not the same. If you look at Google, for example, it is not available in China, so is Facebook as well. So open blockchains are completely neutral. Any part of the world, no sanctions applicable whatsoever. The sixth and the most important point is publicly verifiable, which means the transactions can be publicly verified by absolutely anyone in the world. But so far as current existing sessions are concerned, let's take for instance the banking transactions. If someone sends funds from one bank to another, only the banking employees can check these transactions and the users can check these transactions or the officials can check these transactions. In case of open blockchain, absolutely anyone can go out and check these transactions and this is one of the biggest drawbacks of so-called permission blockchain because when you have permission blockchains or in case of central bank digital currencies, it will only be the selected individuals who will be able to verify these, who will be able to check these transactions and this goes back to the basics of Bitcoin because what Bitcoin did, it solved the double spending problem. So by restricting viewership of the transactions, it is possible that centralized blockchain, permission blockchain and current existing systems can do double spend. Now you need to understand what double spend is by now but in case if you do not, go to YouTube and truly understand what double spend is. And I'm really surprised that a lot of blockchain protocols do not actually talk about double spend because the biggest innovation of Satoshi Nakamoto was that he stopped double spending problem and he did that by using cryptography, hashing algorithm and mathematics. And look guys, when you talk about open blockchain, to be honest, there are very limited use cases. But before we move on to very limited use cases, you truly need to understand that when you talk about open blockchain, they are extremely slow and the transactions per seconds are ridiculously slow and they often rely on second layer solutions. Let's say like Lightning Network for Bitcoin or Liquid Network or Polygon for Ethereum quite a lot of other and they have often been criticized for being centralized. In case of current existing systems, let's say like Facebook or banking or even permission system, they are extremely fast because there is a central entity 
they can often make these changes really quickly. So, the transactions are very fast as far as current existing systems or permission blockchain is concerned. But in case of open blockchain, it is extremely slow. When you talk about the cost, doing a transactions on open blockchain is extremely expensive. If you look at the transaction fee for Bitcoin or gas fees for Ethereum, they are ridiculously high. But in case of current existing systems, they are often free. Now, I live in Dubai and if you do want to send remittances, let's say to India, Pakistan or other country, banks are no longer charging anything. So, the transactions often are completely free. Now, we'll be looking at the fees so far as Bitcoin is concerned because the fees are calculated in a completely different way. You could make the argument that you could send billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin with less than 50 cents. But that is a completely different topic. I'm talking about open blockchain in general. I'm talking about the gas fees as well. Apart from having and often free transactions, one of the benefits that current existing systems or permission blockchain could have is the ability to offer safety and security by having insurance, by having customer services and quite a lot of other. Now, the third point that I'd like to discuss is quality. So, I'm essentially breaking it down into time, cost and quality. Now, look guys, as much as we like Bitcoin and open blockchain, the user experience is absolutely terrible. We are so confined and used to using user email and password. But when you talk about Bitcoin and open blockchain, we are talking about private key, public key, public addresses. And to be honest, quite a lot of them still do not have any dApps that can be worked on mobile phone as well. On the contrary, if you look at current existing systems, they have excellent user experience, extremely easy user on board, and they are also in a position to offer customer services. And if there are any updates, these updates can also happen overnight. So when you talk about time, cost and quality, current existing systems definitely do a much better job in comparison to open blockchain protocol. One final thing that I wanted to touch base upon is the blockchain trilemma problem. And look guys, there are so many blockchain protocols that promise X number of transactions, a better security, but they are often compromising either on scalability, security and decentralization. So it's going to take time if we finally able to solve the blockchain trilemma problem. And the fact is, open blockchain is slow. It does eliminate the need of trust, but open blockchain has very limited use cases. Now, as you guys know that I'm not a massive fan of blockchain as such, because I do feel that there are very limited use cases beyond selling bitcoins. I do not see any use case of blockchain protocol. NFTs, on the other hand, can be another good area. But when you look at, let's say, blockchain protocol, the token element does give you some governing rights. But other than that, 99.99% of the use case on blockchain protocol will not work. And I do think that central entities permission blockchain do a much better job. But in that case, they are not blockchain. They are just going back to the old system. So that's all for today, guys, on the Crypto and Coffee Edit from Blockchain DXB. In case if you guys have any feedback or suggestions, please drop me an email to info.blockchaindxb.com and check out my website that is www.blockchaindxb.com and also check out my other website that is area2071.com that talks everything about metaverse. And if you like listening to this podcast, please click on the follow button, give it a 5 star rating and share the word across. Now for the next few minutes, it's going to be an Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. So let's get started with the Ask Me Anything series.
Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXB. You're listening to the Ask Me Anything series. Hey, you listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and Metaverse, and how the series of episodes in the Crypto and Coffee at 8 works is we usually cover some top news and information pertaining to the browser of cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news, occasionally short and sweet news as well, news that has an impact in the cryptocurrency world. The other two news and information is related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And this is followed by asking anything series that you're listening to right now, where you listeners can ask any questions from the cryptocurrency world. I have a question by Karim who asks, how would you define Ethereum? Now this is such a brilliant and basic question. Thank you so very much Karim for asking this question. I would define Ethereum as the first world computer. Now, Bitcoin's definition is that it is a peer-to-peer electronic cash system. Now, earlier in the day when Ethereum was launched or was in the process of being launched and when the white paper was released, Ethereum was often called as the first world computer. And the only difference between Ethereum and Bitcoin is the smart contracting functionality. So, my definition, Kareem, would be a first world computer. And I'm trying to recollect the name after Ethereum was launched. Just in the matter of six months to one year, there was another protocol which was launched, and I do believe that the team was from Poland. They were called as the first world supercomputer. But if you fast forward in time, I must say that Ethereum is kind of like a supercomputer, because with the invention of non fungible tokens, with the invention of DeFi protocols, and with the invention of a lot of other shit coins, I must say that Ethereum is changed from a world computer to a supercomputer. But but Ethereum does have certain competitors as well. And one thing which I did mention earlier in the podcast is these competitors, they do promise quite a lot of things, but they often compromise either, let's say, on centralization, scalability, or security. So it's so critical, you know, Karim, to truly understand that when you talk about blockchain protocol, they do try to manage blockchain trilemma problem. Now, is Ethereum solving the blockchain trilemma problem? Unfortunately, with the recent things that are going on in Ethereum, I really am not sure if Ethereum is fairly distributed or decentralized because recently, a lot of the transactions are OFAC compliant. So it looks like Ethereum is also currently struggling with the blockchain trilemma problem. So to answer your question, how would I define Ethereum? My definition of Ethereum would be Ethereum is a first world computer and over time, it has turned out to be the first world supercomputer. And it's going to be really interesting to see once a protocol does solve the blockchain trilemma problem if they are in a position to overtake Ethereum. But other than that, personally, I do not think you know there are many use cases of blockchain protocol. I have another question by Salah who asked, when do you think UAE will be launching its central bank digital currency? Now, Salah, unfortunately, I cannot give you a time period because there is no official news out. But... But UAE Sala is already part of a central bank digital currency project and this is a multiple central bank digital currency protocol. So there are different types of CBDCs. You have retail CBDCs, you have wholesale CBDCs and you have multiple CBDC. And UAE Central Bank is already part of uh, the multiple central bank digital currency project. Now what did happen earlier last year is that the official new media channel of UAE did actually say that as part of its 2030 strategy, UAE is planning to launch a central bank digital currency. And this was done by the official media channel. But 
they have retracted that news. I'm not sure why they have retracted that news. Maybe that the news was put across too early or maybe there are certain works that need to be taken care of. But most likely, based on the way how things are working out, I wouldn't be surprised, Salah, if UAE launches its central bank digital currencies most likely by the last quarter of 2023 because they're already part of the multiple CBDC. Most likely they'll be taking few learnings from that and then they might try to implement a retail CBDC or wholesale CBDC. So definitely brilliant question. So that's all for today guys from the Ask Me Anything series from Blockchain DXB. In case if you have any feedback or suggestions, please drop me an email to info.blockchaindxb.com and check out my website www.blockchaindxb.com and also check out my other website that is area2071.com that talks everything about Metaverse. And if you like listening to this podcast, please click on the follow button, give it a 5 star rating and share the word across. And remember guys, Monday to Thursdays, 8am to 8.30am, we have Krypton Coffee at 8, where we cover top news and information pertaining to Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And how the series of episodes of the Krypton Coffee at 8 works is, we usually cover some top news and information pertaining to the price of cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news, occasionally short and sweet news as well. News that has an impact in the cryptocurrency world. The other two news and information is related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And what you listen to right now is the Ask Me Anything series. You listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. Thanks so much for listening guys and have a great day. Bye-bye.